everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Professor Sally Eves, who is a leading thinker regarding the future of technology. She is also a member of the Forbes Technology Council, and she was the inaugural recipient of the Frontier Technology and Social Impact Award presented at the United Nations. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sally. Such a pleasure, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to speaking more. A fascinating thing that you are working on is STEAM education, which is an offshoot of the more commonly understood STEM education. And STEAM actually adds arts to our common understanding of science, technology, engineering, and math. Can I kick off by asking you, why are the arts so important? Great question. Yeah, and absolutely something I'm very, very passionate about indeed. Now, I think, you know, we're talking about tech a lot in everything that I do, but we don't just need to have tech skills. We need to have creativity alongside. We need to have that emotional, creative confidence to think about what we're actually building uh, and to really you know, broaden those visions. So I really think and value equally tech skills to build the future, but equally things like emotional intelligence, problem solving skills, art and creativity alongside that. That balanced approach to learning, I think, is absolutely vital. And you know, we all learn in different ways. You know, we're all curious in different ways. I think that STEAM, reflect, STEAM approach really reflects different channels into learning. So I think there's something for everyone there. And I think it fits very much into that diversity of thought and diversity of experience that we want to cultivate in the world. Hmm. Well, we're not going to have enough time to get into everything that you're working on. Uh, <laughs> question about how you balance your day. But one thing that I am fascinated about is this technology council because it's an invitation only organization and it's a lot of CIOs, CTOs and other executives. What are the things that that group specifically is focused on and maybe what surprised you the most about maybe how the efforts for that council have changed over the years? That's a really great question. Um, so, so yeah, I particularly got involved in that for, for two reasons, really. One, community, because I really value, you know, cross-fertilization of ideas. I, I really enjoy that and building up long-term relationships with people across different sectors in similar roles, but those different experiences again. I think that's really valuable. So as part of the council, one of the things I mostly do is thought leadership. They're you know, bringing different perspectives together. I do a lot of writing um, and just bringing different content to different people. I really enjoy that. And I think one of the things that's changed, and I've really tried to drive that, is not just talking about one form of technology. You know, sometimes there's a focus on AI or 5G or IoT or cloud. And really where real innovation is coming from, it's the integration of all those different types of technology. That's the catalyst. It's that integration piece. So I try and bring these different elements together um, and also you know, bring it to life to people and show how it matters in our everyday and try and make it more accessible to different audiences. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and in terms of things changing, you know, as you mentioned about STEAM learning, I'm also equally passionate about tech being harnessed for a force for good. You know, I believe that you know, we do digital transformation of business, but that doesn't have to be separate for doing good for society as well. I believe we can bring those together and you know, create shared value. I think that's really resonating more and more with people. And I've really been pleased how, you know, it, it, that seems to be, there seems to be a resonance there that's spreading to more and more people. So I love that, you know, and it's becoming more embedded. It's not being considered, you know, as an afterthought or an add-on. It's something that's being embedded into conversations and most importantly, actions. And I think the whole COVID experience actually is, is even bringing that to the fore even more. So you have, a, you have a PhD in philosophy and you talk a lot, which you brought up there in that last answer, 
tech as a force for good. And one of the things that I saw in your writing was you believe that in many ways it's our frequent misunderstanding of where tech is heading that causes the confusion that maybe we have about how it can be a force for good. And, and sometimes we focus maybe on it as for lack of a better way to describe it, a force for negativity in the world. So where do most of us go wrong in our understanding of the power of technology and, and how can we harness it better as a force for good? Yeah, I, thought, I think that's a great point. So I think part of it's around communication. You know, I think in, in the past, there's been a tendency for, for, for headlines, for example, to, to pick on a particular aspect. So I think AI would probably be the most classic example of that. You know, I was involved in a big research study in the UK looking at the future of AI and how, how it could benefit, but also any, any challenges there are. You know, so ethical development being a key part of that. Um, and so the research for that was published. It brought together, say, 40 different universities, really in-depth, really long um, evidence-based piece of research. But every headline kind of picked up on one small subset of one paragraph on one page of that. Um, it was about a particular job role being more adversely affected. And every headline that used language like, you know, destruction, elimination, and also a lot of the language historically has come from things like science fiction. So there's been that almost implicit tendency to, to be resistant. And I think there's obviously a natural human tendency around resistance to change to an extent, you know, depending on individuals, but that, that tendency can be there anyway. But if we've got that type of language being used, it's understandable how that's going to filter through. And if you're not closely involved in the tech industry, it's understandable that that is, that is your viewpoint on, on that subject area. So I think there's a collective responsibility to, to be careful how we're talking about technology and, and to have balance and you know, really bring to account where things have gone wrong, but equally showcase where it is making a difference. And you know, again, over the COVID experience, I think um, tech has really risen to the challenge and not just things about you know, business continuity and, and keeping us you know, working and, and learning, but far beyond that too. So you know, as an example, I was involved with something called the HPC Consortium. Um, and that's brought together US and Europe, academia, research, um, sort of startups around uh, the machine learning areas, the very specific ones, um, and bringing together the computing capacity and high performance capacity um, uh, a big, big organization, so 11 at least from tech companies that would normally be highly competitive. But the ethos was about collaboration. You know, how can these different organizations come together and, and close the gaps? So we've seen a massive acceleration of innovation you know, with things like um, trying to look towards vaccine development or interventions and looking how it's affecting different populations differently. And that would never have been possible without technology. Mm. Uh, I think that's helped actually we've seen across all different aspects of our lives how tech has been that vital connector um, and, and equally if I, if I may just say as well equally where there are gaps in digital equity gaps for example where we need to do more so again I think we really need to collectively reflect over this period of time of what's, what's gone right where tech has stepped in to make a difference and where there are gaps you know for example less women and less people from diversity of experience backgrounds being in AI development or cybersecurity or blockchain, we need to really focus on that. Again, I think if we can change the narrative about what a tech career is and how much purpose can be involved in that, I generally think that would attract a wider experience group coming into the profession in the first place. I think that can make a big difference. 
So one thing that was fascinating to me when I first came across you and your work was on your LinkedIn profile, which we joked about a little bit before we started to hit record that you need to even update it further. But I counted seven or eight different current initiatives that you were working on, ranging from company advisor positions to mentorship and different director roles. I wanted to ask about prioritizing your time and organizing your day. Any keys that you have to kind of productivity that you could share with our audience? Absolutely. And again, great, great question. Um, for me, one thing I find works well is trying to be quite aware of when I work well on particular types of activity. So as an example, as you've probably seen, I do quite a lot of those thought pieces that might be, say, 1,300 words long, typical blog length. Um, and for me, there's a, there's a window of opportunity first thing in the morning where I feel really fresh and reflective. And for me, that works really well. So I like to you know, have my phone off, not check social media, for example, on those blocks of time. And, and I've learned to kind of reflect on what I do well at certain times. And similar thing with video recording. Uh, I like to say I'm a kind of high energy learner and I'm, and I'm quite animated with some of the things I do. And again, I feed off doing a block of videos one after the other. And I, you know, I've got that energy that's going through one to the other. So again, I think it's just being self-reflective, aware of when you're most productive and just building in little pockets of time as well to do something different. You know, the COVID experience, for example, that daily walk for me is, is a great one to, to really reflect over the, the thought pieces, for example. That works well for me. But yeah, just matching things, matching things up with you, your personal um, learning style, really, I think works really well. And again, music for me is something that just breaks up my thought process a little bit. And I find it reflects what, however you're feeling. It can recharge or it can help you reflect. There's just so many different types of styles and genres there. Again, I think you can match it to the type of activity you're doing. Um, and also just having that balance as well between kind of short term projects and milestones and, and keeping visibility of that. So you can keep checking them off and it makes you feel that you're making progress and longer term endeavours. So, for example, the book I'm finishing at the moment, again, I have to be quite disciplined on that one in terms of a certain amount of work over a certain time period. So having that balance between short term and the longer term projects, again, it keeps you learning, keeps you fresh and you can take one thing from another. I think it just helps you to keep creative. Hmm. You talked a lot and you do a lot of work in the field of artificial intelligence and it, for the realm of the leaders and the rising leaders that listen to this show, I, I think it's safe to say that the vast majority of us will not be doing research or focused our, you know, our day to day in the world of AI, but those types of initiatives might play an impact in our life and probably already do to a certain extent. How can we prepare ourselves to have that level enhance the work that we do and not be an impediment for us being successful as managers of people? I think um, education and technology really do go hand in hand. I, I talk about three pillars you know, for my work, which is education, tech and, and impact. Um, and I think we can do a lot. So, you know, that mantra learning for life, it's never been more relevant. And I think we're all aware, and again, this year is a great example of that in one respect, how fast things can change. And I think we need to help ourselves be agile and ambidextrous to change and, and be more confident in it. You know, we have to be more comfortable with things being a bit ambiguous, not knowing where we're going next. And the way to do that is to, to have more holistic skill sets. So I actually think, you know, we talked in the past about you know, the generalist. I think there's a great deal of value in that. Yes, we can have a specialist focus, but having that wider depth and breadth 
of skills, I think is really, really vital. So investing in ourselves, investing in education and, and looking at a range of resources for that as well. And there doesn't have to be necessarily a barrier, you know, for example, a firewall barrier, you have to pay to access a certain material um, or, or other things around finance. There's a lot of free resources out there. Part of the work I do with the foundation I've set up is, is trying to open up access to different learning opportunities. So free to share, um, materials for example community learning and also using social media in a really positive way you know I've ended up doing a lot of mentoring really organically after conversations I've had on things like Twitter and you can find you know um, communities communities of interest about what you value what you want to know more about maybe what you want to aspire to be don't be afraid to reach out you can learn so much organically and build some really fantastic um, relationships and mentoring systems there that can help you grow too. So that investment in education alongside technology is massively important. And again, this whole thing about changing the narrative and trying to, trying to reset thinking a little bit to think about different forms of technology like AI in partnership, looking at it you know, as a kind of complementary strength perspective and thinking about how that can free us up for more meaningful work time not just thinking about what tech might take away. I think that changing that narrative is massively important. You've hit on mentorship a lot and a decent amount of the work you do is helping others understand emerging technologies. And you hit on AI, you talked a little bit about blockchain and, and other things that you're working on and that you're focused on. I don't wanna make you choose, but is there an emerging technology that we don't talk enough about in regards to the impact it will have on our world five, 10 years in the future that we should start talking about and start thinking about? Oh, that's a, that's, that's a lovely question. I like that. I might have to give you a two, two little answers to that one. So, so I think the first point is, actually, I do believe we need to think about the integration of tech all the time. Um, rather than just, just talking about one particular technology. So I do think that's important. And my second answer relates to that. So edge computing. Um, we are hearing more talk about it, but more in kind of siloed conversational areas, but definitely think about edge computing. And one example, very current one, is um, the NHS Nightingale Hospital that was set up um, in response to the COVID situation. Again, massive innovation, very quick turnaround, but it introduced something called the connected bedside. So you had edge computing, IoT, um, and other like, device technology all connected, living, giving real-time insights to practitioners so they could free up their time to, to look after patient care and things that would normally be delayed and different results coming in and different inputs coming in from different devices over delayed time periods. It was all integrated and coming together. So the, the, the rise of edge computing, I think, is going to be massive in integration with these other forms of technology and can real, give real insights real-time in healthcare, but in so many different areas as well. So that would be the first one. Um, you mentioned blockchain. We also need to look at quantum computing. So definitely, definitely I'd advise taking a look at that. And there's already some really interesting pilot projects, one I'm involved in around that particular area. So if anybody wants more info on that, please feel free to shout. Um, and I would say thirdly, 5G. Hmm. I think again, the example of a technology um, that's talked about and conflated with lots of, lots of different things. Um, and quite unexpected conversations that have happened about 5G, even connecting it with coronavirus, for example, over, over recent weeks and months, but a transformational technology, and it's not an iteration, you know, like 3G, 4G, 5G, it's not a step change, it's a several steps change, um, and it's not just about performance and latency, it's what it can do to, to actualize things, for example, you know, like the smart city, a concept that's been around for many, many years, but actually making it happen, there's been a lot of, um, barriers to, to really actualizing that 
5G is the catalyst, I would say, to, to really making that a reality. And there's implications there for, for actually creating, you know, more smart society as well. So for me, it's this integrative tech piece that's huge. Hmm. Well, so, you know, I'm an optimistic person by my very nature. And one of the things that I love about all of your answers and the work that I've seen is that you have this unbelievably infectious optimism about where technology is going and how it can play a positive role in the future. Where does that really at its core come from? And then also as an, an add-on to that, you do a ton of work with mentorship. Anything that makes you really optimistic about mentoring the next generation of leaders in this space? Absolutely, and I think um, for me, it's having that accessibility, not just of the tech, um, but also of the people behind the tech. And the fact that purpose is becoming more and more embedded in not just conversations around change, but actions around change too. You know, I, I was speaking at you know, a major tech event that normally would have been you know, 100,000 people in, in different rooms in person, and it went completely digital for the first time ever. And I would say about a third of the keynote from the CEO was all about examples of tech being harnessed for good. And it was talking about values and shared values alignment. It was talking about community. It's not something that's been talked about in the periphery. This is something that is now very much center stage and it's very heartening. You know, all the things I care about and have been doing and I'm passionate about, I'm really seeing a big focus on not just talk, but action. So that really encourages me. Um, and, and like I say, I, I, as I've shared hopefully a few examples today, there are really tangible examples of tech in so many different areas making a difference. And it's touching on so many different areas of our lives from health um, to education is two pertinent examples. Um, so I think we can come together and, you know, the COVID experience, as I said before, a massive example of what we can do when we collaborate more, when we do things more around open data sharing. So for me, that building trust, building collaboration, showcasing examples of making a difference, you know, increasing visibility to role models. I think that's going to be fantastically important to the future. You know, you mentioned mentoring there. People need to see, hey, that could be me. You know, I can do that. And it doesn't have to be all these different barriers there in the way. There are ways for me to have a route into here. And it doesn't have to be linear. It doesn't have to be a straightforward, you know, degree, um, MSc, PhD path. There's all sorts of different routes into tech. And it doesn't also have to be, you know, a focus on being a coder. There are so many different aspects to a tech career. Now, that diversity of teams that are involved in tech building is absolutely huge. And I think, you know, I get passionate about making that, that awareness, you know, saying this is possible, showing those examples and, and bringing those voices to the fore. Uh, I think that makes a difference. And hopefully you know, it gets more people curious, wants to be part of it. And more than that, gives them pathways to be involved. And you know, if anybody listening to this wants to chat more, I'm very, very happy to. Um, and again, uh, check out some of the work I do with, with Aspirational Futures as well, because that's all about tech, uh, STEAM learning, social impact, and how we bring these different things together. And there's lots of free resources for people there too. So yeah, feel free to reach out about that. Well, that is a wonderful and optimistic spot to end the conversation and shift to our final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask all guests. So with that, I will ask you question number one which is this, if you could describe your leadership style in one word, what word would that be? Authentic. And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Surround yourself by people who inspire you. Well, that is a perfect spot to close us out. Thank you so much for joining us, Sally. Where can our listeners find out more about you? 
Oh, it's been a pleasure, Matt. I've really, really loved it. I could, I could talk to you all day. Um, I would say that probably the best spot is to uh, on social media. So if you look for at Sally Eves, you will find me pretty much on social channels, but Twitter being the main one and obviously on, on LinkedIn too. Well, that is great. Thank you for all of the great insight and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Learn to Lead Podcast. And you can find our organization Ability at Ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.